right now probably the only country that's really looking at what Xi Jinping is saying about preparing for war is India. Because Joe Biden is just kindly old Joe trying to not rock the boat and be nice to Xi. He's sending his foreign affairs State Department secretary, if Xi will allow it, to go to China. And regardless of the lockdowns, regardless of the abuse of Uyghurs, regardless of the abuse of human rights, regardless of everything, all Joe wants is more trade. It is as if he owes something to Xi Jinping. Well, we don't know what he owes to Xi Jinping. We actually know how much of loans have been given to certain political leaders by Chinese government banks. Yes, political leaders in the United States Democratic Party owe Xi Jinping. What did Xi do for them? Well, we've got to look at first what Xi is threatening to do. And he is threatening to go to war. Yes, that's right. People's Republic of China, while not saying who they want to go to war on, have threatened war. And, well, let's face it. The only other country that worries about war with China is countries that have actually fought against China. The United States has defeated China in the Korean conflict. It ended in a stalemate, but basically the United States walked away with a win on that one after uh, essentially flamethrowing and machine gunning uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 200,000 Chinese mass battles that were poorly planned and ineffective. The other country that worries about war with China is Vietnam, because while they also have defeated China repeatedly in various incursions that have taken place, the most serious coming in 1978 and then another one in the 1980s. In both instances, the Chinese People's Liberation Army were essentially handed their hat to them. It's estimated that about 100,000 Chinese soldiers lost their lives. Another 250,000 were taken prisoner. Chinese, at that time, didn't know how to fight a war or were ill-equipped to do so and were still using tactics that, well, just don't work. Another country that has recently clashed with China is India, unarmed at top of the world in the Himalayas. They fought fisticuffs with the Chinese. Chinese say that they're among one of the best when it comes to martial arts and hand-to-hand combat, but they were handed themselves a defeat when they fought the Indians in fisticuffs. Their knuckle combat proved that the Chinese military may be huge, but doesn't seem to how to know to win a fight even when it has the advantage. For now, India is the only one concerned with what is going on, and let's listen to some commentary here from WOIN, or WEON, and how they describe 
what is happening with Xi Jinping and his plans of preparing for war and what it means from the Indian perspective. I'm Mike of New York. Let's listen in. Let's now turn our attention to China. Xi Jinping began a record third term last month. He stacked up his inner circle with loyalists. There is no clear successor in picture two. Xi Jinping is in total control. He holds all the powerful posts within the government and the Communist Party. But he still seems to be paranoid. This week, President Xi addressed the People's Liberation Army, or the PLA. The Chinese mouthpieces reported about this. There are photographs as well. That is Xi Jinping dressed in military fatigue. What did he tell the PLA? I'm quoting, China's security has been increasingly unstable and uncertain. That is what Xi Jinping was heard as saying. The Chinese president told the PLA to prepare for war. Now, you may have heard Xi Jinping say similar things in the past. Then why is this statement worth paying attention to this time? Let's begin by taking a step back. Like I said before, the instruction, prepare for war, is not new. After rising to power, Xi Jinping has put greater emphasis on combat readiness. In 2013, he ordered the Chinese army to focus on war preparation, perhaps for the first time. And in 2016, he visited a PLA command center. And there, he told the officers to be loyal, resourceful, courageous, and capable of winning wars. A year later, in 2017, he once again sent out the same message, prepare for war, he told the Chinese military. But this messaging, that too in military fatigue, seems different this time. He has sharpened his rhetoric. I have some quotes for you. Focus all your energy on fighting. Work hard on fighting. Improve your capability to win. And resolutely defend national sovereignty and national security. Why the sudden emphasis on war preparation? Last month, the Chinese president himself gave out some clues. The resolution of the Taiwan issue is a matter of the Chinese ourselves to decide. We insist on striving for the prospect of peaceful reunification with the greatest sincerity and with the greatest effort. However, we are not committed to abandoning the use of force and we reserve the option of taking all necessary measures. Yes, this is about Taiwan. In October, the Chinese president refused to rule out the use of force to take the island. Taiwan is a clear priority for Xi Jinping. He brought up Taiwan again. In a report, it was uh, distributed to the Communist Party members during the Congress last month. What did the report say? Xi Jinping warned about dangerous storms that China could face and the need to stay prepared. Again, a reference that hints at the need for military preparedness. In the same breath, the Chinese president took swipes at America. 
This is for Washington's continued support for Taiwan's independence. Xi Jinping terms this support as external interference and a gross provocation. The Chinese president sees American involvement as a threat. And that's why Xi Jinping is asking his military to prepare for war. Maybe he believes that a clash is inevitable. So Xi Jinping has set out some targets for the PLA. And what are these targets? I have a list. Xi Jinping wants the PLA to accelerate troop training, modernize the organization, normalize the use of military power, be prepared to stage military operations, and ultimately gain the ability to win regional wars. Those are the goals that the PLA now needs to achieve. Xi Jinping wants a powerful military to double down on his territorial claims. But uh, what about his problems back at home? What about China's economic troubles and the repeated COVID-19 flare-ups? New infections are rising again. New cases are at their highest since April this year. The southern metropolis of Guangzhou is the latest hotspot. No lockdowns yet, but residents have been advised to work from home. Most of the 11 districts of Guangzhou are under some form of restrictions. This impacts more than 5 million people who live there. Fresh infections are flaring up in Beijing as well. Most res residents there are now required to take a COVID-19 test every 24 hours. The pandemic started more than two years ago, but China remains trapped by its zero COVID policies while its leader chases military dominance. The Chinese citizens are paying the price for Xi Jinping's misplaced priorities. So that's former ambassador, former Trump national security advisor, uh, John Bolton. Um, and of course, uh, his views on what is happening with the, the Biden administration in China, at least from the most recent meeting that took place in Bali at the uh, recent APEC summit, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Meeting. Covered a lot of those events when they happen. They're often interesting and they often uh, lead to some interesting uh, movements. But I think on the sidelines of APEC, some of the things that were being discussed right now were some gender identity issues that were basically thrown out the window by most of the uh, APEC members outside of the United States because basically the rest of the world doesn't give an F care or whatever. They don't really look at those issues as much. And in fact, they're mostly interested in the economics and the world orders of making orders of things that they make and sell and not really some world order that is based on some warped perception of what exactly bathrooms some people should use or be allowed to or whatever twisted morbid perverted sexual perversions or ideas they have of anything because in the essential global world of trade and international governance other countries have very different views on it, and the United States can't impose its will on those people to accept the depravities we have here that have made us basically a new version of the biblical Sodom and Gomorrah, at least in some places. Let's hope for the best and say, uh, God, often has a reason for these things.
what the reason is that you just don't know. But it is a problem. And it is a reason. And whatever it is, it is. Mike of New York. That's the latest for me for now. Talk more soon. moment of great global challenges from global inflation to the climate crisis to Russia's brutal war against Ukraine, we're bringing together the broadest possible coalition of partners to deliver results. <clears throat> At COP27 in Egypt, I made it clear that thanks to the bold agenda of our administration, we pursued from day one to tackle the climate crisis and advance energy and security at home and around the world, the United States will meet, the United States will meet our mission's target under the, our targets under the Paris Agreement. I made it clear to uh, President Xi Jinping that I thought they had an obligation to attempt to make it clear to North Korea that they should not engage in long-range nuclear tests. And I made it clear as well that if they did, they, meaning North Korea, that we would have to take certain actions that would be more defensive on our behalf and would not be directed against North Korea. I mean, it would not be directed against China, but it would be to send a clear message to North Korea. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, um, I've met many times with Xi Jinping, and we were candid and clear with one another across the board. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I uh, made it clear that our policy in Taiwan has not changed at all. Did the U.S. gain anything from the President Biden, President Xi meeting? Well, I've looked very hard at what the president said, what, what others have said. It looks to me like they came, they saw, and they had a meeting. And, uh, uh, you know, because of COVID and, and travel restrictions and uh, President Biden's limited travel, uh, it's the first uh, in-face meeting they've had in person. Uh, but I don't, I don't think you should overstate what happened. You know, they, the White House is saying, well, this meeting lasted for three hours, so that sounds like a long meeting, except everybody should understand what that really means is conversation took about an hour and a half and translation took the other hour and a half. Uh, and obviously I wasn't there, but in other meetings with Xi Jinping where I have been present, uh, he has read lengthy statements from prepared text in front of him. And, you know, you can send that in writing. You don't have to do it in person. And I feel certain President Biden followed a script that he read. So how much uh, interchange there was, how much real progress, other than that they agreed to send Secretary of State Blinken to Beijing, uh, another milestone in American history. You know, I think uh, they had a meeting, that's fine. But I wouldn't overstate what the consequences of the meeting are. Ambassador Bone, thank you, sir. So that's former ambassador, former Trump national security advisor, uh, John Bolton. Um, and of course, uh, his views on what is happening with the, the Biden administration in China, at least from the most recent meeting that took place in Bali at the uh, recent APEC summit the Pacific Economic Cooperation Meeting. I've covered a lot of those events when they happen. They're often interesting and they often uh, lead to some interesting uh, movements. 
But I think on the sidelines of APEC, some of the things that were being discussed right now were some gender identity issues that were basically thrown out the window by most of the uh, APEC members outside of the United States because basically the rest of the world doesn't give an effing care to or whatever. They don't really look at those issues as much. And in fact, they're mostly interested in the economics and the world orders of making orders of things that they make and sell and not really some world order that is based on some warped perception of what exactly bathrooms some people should use or be allowed to or whatever twisted, morbid, perverted, sexual perversions or ideas they have of anything because in the essential global world of trade and international governance other countries have very different views on it and the united states can't impose its will on those people to accept depravities we have here that have made us basically a new version of the biblical sodom and gomorrah at least in some places let's hope for the best say uh, God often has a reason for these things. What the reason is, many of us don't know. But it is a problem. And it is a reason. And whatever it is, is. Mike of New York, that's the latest for me for now. Doc Morse said.